Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Good morning, Jags fans. Thank you for listening to another Jags podcast. This is our daily mailbag. This is on a Wednesday. This is the that hump day episode. And we just wanted, if you don't know who we are, we are another Jags podcast. We put out two episodes a week live on YouTube. They're like an hour long. But we've decided to do these like daily episodes for, for you in the morning. If you're on your way to work, if you're you got some free time at the gym, they're not long. They're just some quick hitters, and 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 we're a fans podcast. So post what you want on Twitter, and post what you want on Instagram and YouTube, and we'll comment on it, and we'll talk about it. I, I we got some comments on our last daily mailbag from yesterday that that I didn't like introduce myself and and who that I am, and and I apologize. I just assumed that everyone that was listening has been listening to our podcast over the last year that we've been posting and. And we grew somehow into the largest Jaguars podcast. I mean, if you haven't listened to us yet, we are a fans podcast. Like legit, we are fans. We grew up fans and we will always be here. Jags media people, like they come and they go, they get take jobs with other teams, which is just inconceivable to us that that happens because we are diehard fans. But at the same time, we understand that there's a need for the fans' voice and and a little bit of knowledge, you can you can find me on Twitter. My personal Twitter is jtrent904. I, I don't hide. I mean, I go follow me. You know, it's usually like rap lyrics and and things like that. But the Twitter I post on the most is at another Jags Pod. I have been in football, played football, coached football, defensive minded player, film review, literally my entire life. So if you go through our Twitter, we like break down film of exclusively Jaguars stuff. So if you're a Jags fan and you love the film breakdown, you need to go on our Twitter and you need to just just follow us. Like, like we watch a lot, a lot of film. We watch the Jags games from the coach's film and, and we really, really break it down. We appreciate everyone that's that supported us and that's been there for us. And we really owe it all to the fans because we've made it solely about you guys without further ado we're just gonna we're just gonna jump right into it so i, I mean i browse like jags subreddit uh the big cat country message boards like basically everywhere that jags fans go to to try to get like the latest stuff that's happening and and something that like just totally caught me off guard was 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 there was a post about the minnesota vikings recently released 
Laquan Treadwell. And there was like a small faction of people that that were like, man, maybe we should sign this guy. And, and, and I get it because our receiving core doesn't have like that superstar, doesn't have that guy that gets drafted early in fantasy. It doesn't have that guy that like puts up gaudy numbers. But honestly, as, as time goes on, I've, I feel better about our receiving core than a lot of other positions on our team. And I think if you give me like five minutes, I could honestly prove it to you. Not with like my statements and my argumentative skills, but with literally straight facts. So first of all, let's just throw out Laquan Treadwell right away. His stats weren't even comparable to Keelan Cole's last year. Okay, so let's just let's just forget about Laquan Treadwell. I understand he was a standout wide receiver at Ole Miss. There was probably a bag man involved <laughs> in his recruitment process because he was in that draft class with Kim Dichi and and all these guys that was just like what like what how are these guys getting all these players at Ole Miss? Uh, what was it? it was a Houston nut? I, I I can't remember who the who the coach was, but it, it was just sketchy and they ended up vacating a bunch of wins from that scenario, but. Let's let's just throw him out, okay? And and we're gonna take a second here, and we're going to look at like really what goes on with the wide receivers. I kind of anticipated this is the direction we were gonna go, so I threw out a question on our Twitter, uh, specifically about the wide receivers. And basically, it was a it was a it was a poll, right? And it was uh, which of these Jags wide receivers will finish the season with the most yards? We had over 150 people vote in less than eight hours, which was amazing. And basically, like, I, I made I made a list of of wide receivers. And he, and hear me out for a second. The question was, which of these wide receivers will finish the season with the most yards? And I put Marquise Lee, Chris Conley, DJ Chark, and Keelan Cole. Like, obviously, I left out D.D. Westbrook. And the reason why I did that because I feel like everybody kind of just is it assumes that D.D. Westbrook will be the leading receiver. Like, I don't know if he's going to play in the slot. I don't know if he's going to play on the outside. Like, I really don't know what they're going to do because I feel like they've been so vanilla with their two tight end sets and they're running the ball and, and in these inside zones. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I don't expect for them to show us what they're going to do. But we, we do assume that D.D. Westbrook is going to be the guy that kind of carries the share load for the wide receiving core. But I want to know who y'all think is after that. So I put the poll out here and, and let me let me just tell you in descending order who who was voted upon. And remember, this is I mean, I I posted this poll like like not that long ago and we I appreciate you guys for voting on this. in uh, in last place out of the four with seven percent was Keelan Cole. I get it, man. People hate on Keelan Cole. The dude's feast or famine. He has people we associate Keelan Cole with the huge drops and the you know you know Marquise Lee is such a clutch third down player where we got so spoiled in 2017 and to see Keelan Cole just drop the ball on third down like really hurt us to the to our core in in 2018 he he only had 491 yards he did average 12.9 yards per carry only one touchdown and that's pretty pathetic I'll be the first to tell you that that is pretty pathetic coming from a guy that was expected to kind of step up but 2017, in a functional offense, and I use the term functional offense very loosely only because of how dysfunctional the 2018 offense was. And in 2017, he had 80 receptions, 
1,200 yards, 15.5 yards per reception, which was the highest on the team, by the way, with a healthy Marquise Lee, 75 yard for long, longest play, and four touchdowns. So this Laquan Treadwell argument, who had, <laughs> like Laquan Treadwell, 35 receptions, 302 yards. Like I, my immediate thought was like, okay, so he was probably hurt for like 10 games. No, the dude played in 15 games last year. So, uh, yeah, give me Keelan Cole over Laquan Treadwell. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm done with that point. I think we can all kind of agree with that as it goes right there. Keelan Cole, though, is the kind of guy that kind of like makes the plays that makes you like get up out of your seat and be like, did that just happen? Think about the one-handed catch that happened in the Patriots game. Unreal. Unreal. And, and I, I, take a lot of, I take a lot of flack for this, and I'm okay with it. But I take a lot of flack for saying I think Keelan Cole may be the comeback player of the year this year. Now, don't beat me up if it doesn't happen, because it's a long shot, and I wouldn't bet any money on it. But I will say, like, just relax on Keelan Cole. Relax, and let's just see what he does next year. So Keelan Cole, in our poll of who's going to be second behind D.D. Westbrook, comes in last place. Second to last place. Very surprising with 18%, DJ Chark. Now, DJ Chark is a guy that I, I can't blame people for not being excited about because of his stats that he put up last year. But you have to remember that last year was a very, very dysfunctional offense. I made this argument a bunch on our live shows on YouTube. And you can go on YouTube at Another Jack's Pod and you can look these up and, and you can see where we, we do live shows, which is ridiculous. And if you ask me why we do live shows, I don't know. We, we just do. But like the, the offense was so pathetic. Like if you take, like honestly, if you take the last like three weeks of the regular season last year and you put their offense on a piece of paper and you measure them up, against the week one preseason offense from this year, I think I would rather have the week one preseason offense, meaning no starters played. If you remember, it was like 32 starters didn't play. I would rather have this year's week one preseason offense over the last three weeks of the end of the regular season. That's how bad that offense was. So that's why I'm kind of hesitant to judge DJ Chark. And I think potentially he could have a breakout year. And people like hate on me on Twitter all the time saying I'm a pessimist. Which, I, okay, that's fine. You know, I, I, I take the high route on being a realist. And, and I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. That's funny to say. I'm sorry. I wear my emotions on my sleeve just because like, I, I express my concerns with certain positions. I, I really don't have concerns at wide receiver. And I think the wide receiver position is more in, is in a better position than people think. And I don't think we need to go out and pick up a guy. I don't think we need to lean on these tight ends to, to produce like everyone else thinks they should, even though there's only like three tight ends in the league that compensate for a wide receiver. If you don't believe me, I can name them for you. They're George Kittle for the 49ers. They're Zach Ertz for the Seattle... There's Zach Ertz for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's Travis Kelsey for the Kansas City Chiefs. Outside of those three guys, there's no tight end that compensates for a wide receiver whatsoever. So this argument that we don't have a tight end means our passing game is going to lack, 
I, I would point to the St. Louis Rams, who li- literally didn't have a contributing tight end whatsoever, and they were considered the top one of the top offenses in the league. DJ Chark, I understand. He had 14 receptions for 174 yards. Not great. Not great. But, but I would just argue that I think you should give DJ Chark a chance in a real offense before we discount him to being the third worst option behind D.D. Westbrook. So I think that kind of puts us in a good position. We saw in this preseason that it kind of that he's 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 good near the sideline. The corner routes, the out routes, the flies, like those type of plays, you need a guy like that. Everybody wants Terrell Pryor to be that guy for some weird reason, like he's going to resurrect his 2016 career. That doesn't happen. This is the this is the modern day NFL. DJ Chark is our best chance at that guy to stretch the field and to open up the, the defense and to, to blow the top off of that cover two, the cover one, the cover three, whatever it is. So let's just, let's just pump the brakes on our pessimism on DJ Chark. And that's me saying that so you know it's real. We go back to the poll. In second place, out of the four, with 22% of the votes on which Jags will finish the yards with them, which Jags... <clears throat> So we go back to the poll, and in second place, with which of these Jags wide receivers will finish the season with the most yards, and like I said, it's behind D.D. Westbrook, in second place with 22% of the votes, Marquise Lee. All right, now I'm about to go, I'm about to go ape right now, because it would do an injustice to Marquise Lee to just dissect his game now. Um, he obviously is coming off of a pretty bad injury. And, and to be fair, we don't know if he'll even be back before like the, the IR week six. We don't know if he'll be back by then. But when the, when the dude's healthy, he's the best receiver on our team. Can he get back to his 2017 form? Honestly, I have no clue. 56 receptions, 702 yards. He led the team in yards last year. Not last year. Obviously, I'm referring to two years ago when he was healthy. Three touchdowns. He's never had a season with more than three touchdowns. In 2017, he had three touchdowns. In 2016, he had three touchdowns. 2014, 2015, he had one touchdown each of those years. But what's more important about those stats is the length. He's, he's had four seasons in the NFL. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that in a minute. But just keep in mind that Marquise Lee has only been in the league for four years. And Marquise Lee was also a second-round receiver, much like our good buddy DJ Chark. PFF had some like grade that came out in 2017 that talked about the most reliable receivers on third down. And near the top of that list, with most of their reception completion percentage at the top, was Marquise Lee. That was with Blake Bortles, who I don't think really is that bad of a quarterback, but he's not a guy who's going to win you playoff games. And there's obviously a difference between those two. And we're going to move on to our number one overall player. And that number one overall player is the player that the Jags fans 
of our Twitter thought was going to be the number one wide receiver to finish the season with the most yards was with 53% was Chris Conley. That that absolutely blew my mind. Like when I thought who was going to win this poll, I thought for sure DJ Chark was going to win it. And DJ Chark had 18%. Chris Conley had 53%. So before we jump into Chris Conley, because I have a lot to say about Chris Conley. I really, really do. I've literally spent the entire offseason looking at Chris Conley film and looking at his impact he made in Kansas City. But before I get to that, we got to hit a quick commercial break. All right. So, so we'll be back in like five seconds. All right. Check out these commercials, support them. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be right back. All right. And welcome back to another Jags podcast, man. I hope you're listening to this uh, in the morning, but you could not be, man. I don't know, man. It's, it's nice and early here in Jacksonville beach. We got some solid rain. There's a potentially a hurricane coming apparently this weekend. So if you have plans to go to the Florida State Boise game at TIAA Bank Field, uh, bring a poncho. I mean, it might still be a good game. Uh, I mean, who knows? You know what Kendall Browse is going to look like with that Florida State offense, or or Brian Harson from Boise State, uh, the head coach. I mean, I I, I I I vaguely remember him being at Texas. I don't know. I I feel like he was something. He was something at Texas. But anyways, it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. I hope it doesn't rain. I have tickets, but I, I promise you if it's, if it's hurricane, I am not going. Uh, 100% not going. But I kinda, we kind of talked about how Chris Conley is what he brings to the table. You may be like one of our thousands of UK fans that are listening to this, and it's not the morning. We actually got a tweet uh, from Andrew Lloyd, and as I'm recording, and he's at Andrew H. Lloyd, and he says if you're able to publish them at 5 a.m. Eastern time instead of 6 a.m. Eastern time, that would enable me to listen to them each morning. I've got to be at work at 6. You know what, dude? It is the easiest thing in the world because I record these like late, late at night, and we post them in the morning, so... So, Andrew, I will definitely schedule them to be posted at 5 a.m. Because it doesn't matter because I will not be awake anywhere near that time of day. But maybe that will help some of our Jags fans that are up that early going to work. I'm more of a night person myself. Uh, I I don't like to wake up before 8 a.m. In fact, if I wake up before 8 8 a.m., it kind of ruins my day. But anyways, um, that's enough about me. Unless you want to follow my Twitter um, and, and, and I'm at jtrent904, and feel free to go on there and tell me anything that you disagree with or agree with. Like I, I can handle it. Like I'm a grown man. I go to work every day, and I take punishment from my boss just like the rest of you that listen to this. But at the end of the day, we have this common bond that we're all hardcore Jags fans, and, and that's what we do. Our, our podcast Twitter is at another Jags pod, and that – that follows a little better because because we we post uh, film cutups of Jaguar players, but you know you know do whatever you want you know follow whatever you want on social media. But we kind of teased Chris Conley on the break, and it was funny because I asked a Twitter question on on basically who is going to be the second wide receiver. We all assume D.D. Westbrook is going to be the number one. Who's going to be number two? 
And overwhelmingly, at this point now, we have a 55% vote that Chris Conley is going to be number two behind Dede Westbrook. And that kind of blows my mind a little bit. Like, I don't hate it. Because if you would have asked me before asking this poll, if you asked me to rank these top four, in my honest opinion, and I'm being honest with you, I would say Dede Westbrook one, Marquise Lee two. I would say Keelan Cole three and Chris Conley four. And that's me like literally being honest with you. Because the thing is, is that we all want Chris Conley to be good the same way that we want these other guys to be good, but the stats don't lie. Chris Conley has been in the league for four years. You know who else has been in the league for four years? Marquise Lee. Now, I know Marquise Lee was hurt all of last year. But they both have played in the league for four years in the NFL. Chris Conley has played for the Chiefs, who not only had Patrick Mahomes, but had had Alex Smith and Andy Reid in these high-powered offenses. And in four years, he has amassed 1,238 yards, 11.9 yards per reception, and six touchdowns. Compared to Marquise Lee's four years in the NFL, 171 receptions, 2,166 yards, 12.7 yards per reception, and eight touchdowns. Now, obviously, you can make arguments. The two biggest ones being Marquise Lee, who has been out all year with an injury. And with Chris Conley playing behind the likes of Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and a receiving backs that a staple of them, Travis Kelsey. Like, I get that. I, I really, really do. And I didn't want to come in here and just look at these blind stats and say that Chris Conley's not going to be the guy. And, and honestly, like, I don't want you to think that I have no faith in Chris Conley. I like Chris Conley. I've seen Chris Conley at Sunrise Surf Shop getting a board shaped. I've seen Chris Conley at Dancing in the Streets with his boys just chilling. But I, but I really am trying to be a realist with you guys. So I went back and watched some of the film last year of Chris Conley. And like I said, he had five touchdowns, which really is, is, is pretty good. But the matter of the fact is, is that he only had 334 yards. And to give you some context... Dante Moncrief had 668 yards last year on a bottom-tier offense. So let's look at Chris Conley a little bit here. Five touchdowns last year. When I went back and watched the film, and if you have NFL Rewinds, which, which we do, and, uh, we, and I, will, I will have that as long as I live, for this one feature alone, you can type in a player's name and you can search every single snap that he's a part of. So if you type in Chris Conley, it's not just his catches. It's like his targets. So you're, I'm able to go back and watch all of Chris Conley's targets from 2018. And something stood out to me. The first thing being, usually when he was involved in a play, he was lined up in the slot Next to Travis Kelsey, not a big deal, right? But if you think about it, Kelsey is going to demand so much attention from the interior defensive players like the linebackers, the nickel corners, that Chris Conley, like, like okay, imagine you, okay? 
uh, put yourself in this in this position. A lot of us have played in these seven on seven leagues, whether it be intramural or an adult league, these flag football leagues, right? And let's say you're playing and and you have you have Travis Kelsey lining up. And you have Chris Conley lining up next to him. Are you going to focus on Chris Conley that much? That doesn't mean that Chris Conley's bad. Like I'm not saying Chris Conley's bad, but just Travis Kelsey is so good. He's going to suck all the attention and all the coverage. The double teams are going to be focused on him. So that opens up Chris Conley a, a decent amount. You would expect him to be very productive in that position, but he really wasn't. I mean, they played a game against the Steelers, right? One of his touchdowns, literally they're in five wide. Five wide receivers. I'm talking Tyree Kill. I'm talking Sammy Watkins. I'm talking Travis Kelsey. Chris Conley. Chris Conley runs a seam. Mahomes hits him in the end zone. Touchdown. I think it was like 10, 15 yards. It was a decent play. That play was like, okay, Chris Conley has got it in him. But then, like, the other plays he was impactful, like, there was something that kind of stood out about that. And the reality of it was, is every play besides that one, that one touchdown against the Steelers where he scored a touchdown, Patrick Mahomes extended the play more than five seconds with his feet. Against the 49ers, Patrick Mahomes had a play where he snapped it from the time he caught the snap to the time he threw the ball, it was six seconds. He ran around back and forth in the pocket for six seconds. It reminded me of Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. He found Chris Conley on just like some random route, like in the back of the end zone. In week 11 against the Rams, his best week he had in the NFL, he had two touchdowns. One of the touchdowns, the Rams busted a cover three coverage. Their outside corner, who was responsible for deep thirds, was literally lined up in front of the safety like he thought it was some sort of cover one robber and just totally left Chris Conley wide open on an out route. Not an out route, I'm sorry. He left Chris Conley totally open on a drag route. The next play is that he runs a drag from the the slot. Or no, the next play was in the second quarter. There's about two minutes left in in the half. You can go back and watch it. And Patrick Mahomes, like, I am not kidding you. I counted in my head. He bought himself seven seconds in the pocket. And he found Chris Conley in the end zone. I don't think Foles is that guy. I don't think Foles is the guy that's going to buy himself seven seconds with his feet. I could be wrong. But I got to wrap this podcast up because I've made an uh, an intention to try to keep these under 30 minutes, which I am completely terrible at. I'm so sorry. I've missed out on like two or three questions on this we had today just talking about wide receivers. I don't say any of this to hate on anybody. I'm saying there's a lot of like doubt about the wide receiver position. When we have two or three guys that could literally be impact players at the wide receiver position. Factor in a healthy offensive line. Factor in a Nick Foles who can throw a spiral and is a quote-unquote natural thrower of the football. I think people are undervaluing this wide receiver core. I've been, I'm in four fantasy leagues. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. They're all different. 
One's a keeper league, one's an auction league, and two of them are just straight-up snake drafts. In all of them, D.D. Westbrook has been drafted earlier than he's been projected. In all of them, Nick Foles has been drafted earlier than he's been projected. In all of them, Leonard Fournette has been drafted earlier than he's been projected. Is it because I'm in a fantasy league with a bunch of Jags fans? Maybe. (laughs) I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't a lot of Jags fans in my leagues. But there is something to be said about the fact that any of these one guys could pop off. And the fact that we need to add Laquan Treadwell or that we're banking on Terrell Pryor going back to his 2016 state is, is really ludicrous. I think we're set at with the wide receiver position. And somehow this entire daily mailbag has turned into the wide receiver position. And I apologize to all the Twitter questions that we got about other topics. I'll get to them tomorrow and the next day. But let's start thinking positively about this position. We don't need the tight ends to step up. We don't need to bring in an outside guy. I think who we have in-house will surprise people and will be better than people think. I, I, I told everyone I'd try to keep it under 30 minutes. I've now reached 30 minutes, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening to this, this episode of, of another Jags podcast. Tomorrow is Wednesday, so we should be doing our live show tomorrow night around 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, and that'll be a nice hour-long episode of Joey and myself discussing last week's football game and talking about the upcoming Falcons game, which really doesn't matter at all, and maybe talking about our projections for the season. So make sure you follow our YouTube to get the notification when we go live on YouTube. Make sure to follow our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. Literally just search another Jags podcast. We have become the number one Jags podcast out there, and we literally owe it all to you guys. We are incredibly humbled by the downloads and the listens by you guys. Our first mailbag that we posted yesterday morning had over a thousand downloads in a day. That blows my mind. And we literally owe it all to you guys. Thank you so, 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 so much. We look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow morning. Make sure to subscribe to the to the to the podcast app so that you get the updates when we post. This one will be 5 a.m. thanks to our London friends so they can listen to it on the way to work. And we look forward to talking to you with Jags all season long. And as always, go Jags.